This is a Radio.com original. This is Coronavirus Daily, World on Pause. I'm Charles Feldman from the KNXRadio.com studios in Los Angeles. And I'm Mike Simpson. Not as many people vaccinated for COVID as had been hoped. The goal, 20 million by the start of this year. We are nowhere near that. So is there a plan to speed it up? California is at the top of the list of states with the most new coronavirus cases per capita, with COVID surging out of control. Do you need to switch messaging at this point, or is no one listening? We know not everybody's entirely happy with the second coronavirus relief bill. That includes one economics professor says the federal government could save a whole lot of money by being more selective with who gets the stimulus checks. So we will hear from him. But let's first begin with the vaccine rollout. Remember when government officials said the goal was to give the COVID vaccine to 20 million people by the end of 2020? Well, not even close. That number was closer to 2 million. Why so slow, or was this always expected? Dr. Rebecca Wirtz, infectious disease physician, director of public health administration and policy at the University of Minnesota. So in, in uh, 1947, and I hate to go back that far, but in 1947, there was a rather large smallpox uh, outbreak in New York City. And while some of the numbers are disputed to this day, the fact is that in the course of about four and a half weeks— Millions of New Yorkers were given vaccine for smallpox, millions, in about a month. Why can't we do something like that now? We are doing something like that now. I'm, I'm here to assure you that we are in the process of doing that. And by we, I mean nationally, the, the local public health, state public health, the healthcare system uh, has delivered 5 million doses in the last 10 days. And that was in the context of the winter holidays, Christmas, New Year's, weekends. We, the, the, the two vaccines were only authorized about 17 and 24 days ago. And in the three weeks since then, there have been about 10 days of holidays and weekend days. And yet 5 million doses have been delivered by people who have been running full tilt since March. And we're layering this on top of the existing jobs that they already have. So it's January 4th, it's 2021, and things are only going to get better from here. Okay, so fair points, but let's break it down. Because the first thing is that delivering doses is not getting doses into arms. Those are two different things. And we know that the healthcare workers went first, and they should, and so hospitals are doing that. But I think what's frustrating a lot of people, and we're seeing this even play out, you know, on the Sunday shows yesterday, they had the, the federal government guys, Monsef Slowy, Warp Speed, saying, we delivered the doses to the states. States, it's your fault. And the states are going, no, we still need more help from you guys. So how do we actually get the doses that are, you know, in the freezers into people's arms, which is where they need to be. And that's what states all around the country have been planning for and are in the process of, of executing, you know, even as we speak. It's five million doses were put into people's arms, not just delivered to, to freezers and warehouses. So, yeah, but there was supposed to be 20 million by the end of, of 2020. Well, the, so that's the, 15 million short, right? The federal government can say anything it wants. They're, they are mailing the doses out, not necessarily 
you know, they haven't distributed 20 million doses yet. They're not the ones who are doing the, as I'm sure you've heard, the last mile. Well, but but that, but that's but that but doctor, that that's precisely the point, isn't it? That that the public has been led to believe, and they were led to believe a few months ago, that the vaccines are going to be approved under emergency usage by the FDA once they are. You know, the trucks are going to be rolling, the flights are going to be in the air, millions of people's arms are going to be vaccinated certainly by the end of the year, and many, 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 many more millions as we get into 2021. And I'm sorry, but you haven't convinced me yet that we have the same sense of urgency in vaccinations that we've had in the past. I talked to a 93-year-old woman just the other day in Florida, and I know that's not your state, but still. uh, She went to her doctor. The doctor said, I don't know anything about it. Call the local hospital. Local hospital referred her to a phone and an email address. The phone, she couldn't get through because there are too many people jamming it. The email address didn't work. So you got a bunch of people in Florida trying to figure out how to get a vaccine. And the answer they get is, we don't know. So I don't get the sense of urgency. It's so frustrating, isn't it? We're all tired. We're all uh, claustrophobic. We're all eager to be out and about. And many of us are afraid of, of catching a disease. The vaccine is being distributed. It's being administered. It will be uh, after healthcare workers and people, older people who live in institutional settings, uh, phase 1A, which will be delivered. And, and you know the first dose of those vaccines will be given over the next 10 days or so across the country. And then people like your 93-year-old friend who's safe at home, it sounds like, for the time being, who's frustrated, who's scared, is going to get their chance to get the vaccine and their doctor, their healthcare system, the local public health authorities will communicate to people how to go about getting their dose. And I appreciate people are afraid that the system's going to run out of doses before it's their chance. People are afraid that uh, other people are stepping in line ahead of them, Uh, but they will get a dose. And and again, based on priorities, they will get a dose uh, sooner rather than later. Dr. Rebecca Wirtz, Infectious Disease Physician, Director of Public Health Administration and Policy, University of Minnesota. This COVID surge is wildly out of control here in Southern California. Hospitals are full and nurses and doctors are struggling to handle the number of patients as cases, hospitalizations and deaths keep rising. It just doesn't seem like it'll slow down anytime soon. This comes after months of shutdown orders and pleas from public health officials and lawmakers to stay home, avoid crowds. So what do you do? With us is Dr. Nihan Nanda, infectious disease specialist at Keck Medicine of USC, and Dr. David Eisenman, director of the Center for Public Health and Disasters at the UCLA Fielding School of Public Health. So Dr. Nanda, let's start with you. Health officials, they have run out of ways to say how bad things are. So what do you do at that point? I think you said it. We are, what we are trying to do is trying to modify a behavior, uh, and it's human behavior. So I think we've tried multiple novel ways of trying to modify it, and I think we are at a point that we need to continue to innovate. And I think at this time, see, the messaging is still the same. It's masking, uh, quarantining when needed, testing and contact tracing. I I think the best way to think about it is that likely the end is in sight with the massive rollout of vaccinations, which has been sluggish to start with for multiple reasons. But 
there is light at the end of the tunnel and we just have to somehow try and overcome the pandemic fatigue and live by the guiding principles that we have developed over the last nine months. Okay, um, uh, fair enough. But let, let's uh, bring Dr. Eisenman into the uh, discussion because, uh, Dr., when we talk about trying to modify everyone's behavior, it's quite clear now that there are people who, for whatever their reasons, there are the mask wearers, there are the non-mask wearers. There are the people who go and visit their friends and families and have parties, and there are those who don't. So we've had nine or ten months of the pandemic. Uh, People are sort of set in their ways, for better or worse. So the question is, if the medicine that has been given so far to try to tame this disease has demonstrably not worked, then why are we giving the same medicine? There are more tools that government has at its disposal that ought to be implemented in order to try to get a better handle on this pandemic, on the pandemic. Are there not? Well, you ask uh, a really important question. Are there more tools? Uh, Yes, there are more tools, but uh, they the ones that I'm thinking of would require federal guidance fed, and federal funding and federal leadership, none of which we have. So if we you know, say another tool is to have lockdowns at this point where people are supported to not go to work, that's the only way that we can have another lockdown without harming people in the process. But that would take federal leadership or say another tool is to have widespread rapid testing available in the community and at work sites. But you know, local jurisdictions can't pay for that on their own. That would take federal funding and federal support in rolling that out. So we really are still and have always been missing the federal leadership on this. Do you think that changes in what, 16, 17 days? I do think it changes. We have uh, the Biden the Biden administration has committed, for instance, to doing um, uh, a huge vaccine rollout in its first hundred days, what a million doses over each day for hundred days. So they have the uh, leadership there to do it. They have the a brain trust of advisors that's quite deep, a bench of people who've done this kind of work uh, that's quite deep. And so the questions will be, you know, will they have the funny the money for it? Will they have the um, support of the governors? But they definitely have the will and they definitely have the brains. Dr. Nanda, uh, to Dr. Eisenman's point, uh, the notion that in order to implement some of these other tools might require different leadership at the federal level. I I suppose I agree with that to some degree, but I also disagree with that to this degree. Uh, There are, as we know, in California, we've seen a number of different sheriff's departments that have outwardly refused very publicly to enforce mask wearing because they didn't think it was their job to do. Uh, We've seen other cases of what amounts to There's no other word for it. Civil disobedience on the part of public servants within our own state in different counties. That doesn't require any more money. It doesn't require any federal initiatives. It requires people just following the laws already on the books, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah. But along with that, we can also have dire consequences associated with 
us not being uh, uh, not being good citizens. And I think perhaps that's where we should uh, put some emphasis on once we have that change at a federal level. How worried are you about people that went somewhere for Christmas and New Year's because it's going to start showing up over the next couple of weeks? I'll tell you, I'm very, I'm very worried because what we are seeing now is a consequence of what happened around Thanksgiving or a week later. And what, we, what is happening right now, Christmas and New Year's, we are going to see it towards the tail end of Jan um, or mid-Jan. So I, I don't see a respite in sight. Um, currently, our ICU capacity is minimal at best. Um, yeah, we are hurting. And I think uh, if all we have to do is wear a mask and be disciplined about not being in congregate settings and that will save a life, I think that's very easily justifiable. Dr. Nihan Nanda, infectious disease specialist, Keck Medicine, USC. Dr. David Eisenman, director of the Center for Public Health and Disasters, UCLA's Fielding School of Public Health. Thanks to you both. One economics expert says not every American deserves the $600 stimulus check, plus your favorite TV show may not release new episodes anytime soon. You're listening to Coronavirus Daily on Radio.com. Congress finally passed another COVID-19 relief bill. It's a massive economic rescue package worth about $900 billion. But one economic expert says the federal government could have saved a lot of money by giving stimulus checks to only certain groups of people. KYW's Matt Leon spoke with Scott Deakle, associate professor and chair of the Business and Economics Department at Ursinus College, to break down what the bill does and what it means for Americans. Overall, do you think it, it does what uh, American society, the American economy needs it to do? Overall, I, I think it does. Uh, I think it was a little late in coming, and I think some people suffered because of that. But now that it's here, I find a lot of things uh, in there that uh, seem to have helped the situation the last time around, and I think will again. The two biggest things I would say that did that are the payroll protection program that uh, provides businesses with very low interest and forgivable loans as long as they use the money primarily to pay employees and keep them on the payroll, even though the business might be shut down due to the pandemic. So that program's back. There's a few uh, modifications, but overall, that program did a lot to keep people uh, above water and businesses afloat. Wasn't perfect. There was clearly a lot of fraud last time around, but uh, on the whole, I think it did uh, what it was intended to do. And the other thing I was happy to see was uh, both uh, an increase in federal unemployment benefits uh, with an extra $300 a week uh, for the unemployed and also a provision that uh, allows people to collect unemployment insurance for 55 zero weeks uh, this time around. And I, I think both of those were necessary because uh, the, the data show that a lot of people who are losing their jobs are losing them for long periods of time. And I think we can all easily imagine why. Uh, their job losses are concentrated in airlines, hospitality, uh, hotels, restaurants. And those are things that can't get back up to full capacity until we have this pandemic under control. And uh, the folks who work in those areas uh, really are going to have a difficult time finding jobs that replace that type of uh, income they had before. And so I think it's justified to provide 
uh, an extra unemployment benefit and over a longer period of time. So, so I, I really like those things. Uh, I'm going to come out and say something controversial now, though, and, and say that the, the government could have saved a lot of money and uh, I think used or used it in a better way and held off on the $600 checks given to everyone uh, below a certain fairly generous income threshold, uh, regardless of whether they were employed. Um, research on the uh, stimulus checks from back in the spring shows that outside of the lower income brackets, uh, a lot of people uh, use that money either to pay off debts uh, or to just keep it in their savings account or invest it in the stock market. Uh, the money's not really going back into the goods and services economy, buying things, uh, giving uh, employers things to make and, and hire people with. And it, it, it goes to the idea that the problem with the economy now is not so much demand. Uh, there, there's not a lack of willingness of people to go out and buy things. The problem is supply. Uh, there's an inability due to the pandemic uh, to produce goods and services like uh, restaurant meals, airplane flights, and hotel rooms. And uh, until we can get this pandemic under control, uh, it, it's going to be hard for people to find a way to spend a lot of this extra money they're getting in the stimulus check. To the point on the direct payments, uh, they came in at $600 per person. Of course, there was a strong push to push them up to $2,000. Uh, that seems to be put aside for now. Mm -hmm. Do you think we've seen the end of that? Do you think new Congress, once Joe Biden is inaugurated, we could see mm -hmm. another push? And to your to your argument, would that be a mistake? Yeah, so I, I think if the, the Georgia, I think it depends on the Georgia Senate race that's coming up soon. I think that uh, if the Republicans keep control of the Senate, Though there are some Republicans who went along with President Trump in supporting the top off to $2,000 a person, uh, most of them seem opposed. And my guess is that uh, they would uh, probably continue to oppose that if they kept control of the Senate. So if the Democrats win, then I think the likelihood of those kind of payments coming out uh, really increases. Um, I, I think uh, from all indications, uh, all the leaders in the Democratic Party uh, uh, think that the $2,000 checks would have been a great idea and uh, would like to see that. And uh, I, I would caution them if, if that's how things turn out, if, if the Democrats controlled the, the Senate and uh, had the ability to pass that legislation, that the money may not be best spent uh, on giving so many people uh, additional money. Um, I think there might be better ways to target that money to the workers who are struggling the most in uh, the areas I've mentioned, like retail, uh, hospitality, airlines, and I'd even uh, throw in the uh, oil industry, too. Um, there's, there's definitely a lot of people hurting in those fields, um, and they could probably uh, find ways to use the money productively. But to, to send households like mine where you know, I'm still employed with my job. You know, I've, I've uh, taken a little bit of a compensation cut, but, uh, you know, I, I don't really need the money that bad. And if I got the money, I probably wouldn't spend it. Uh, I would probably use it to pay down debts. Uh, I would probably uh, possibly invest it in the stock market. 
And that's not going to have any effect uh, or any discernible effect on uh, how, how restaurants, airlines, and the other businesses that are currently shut down uh, come back to life. Um, so I, I don't think giving uh, people like me with jobs uh, even more money to spend uh, but that we can't spend is really going to do much. Many of us have run out of things to watch during the pandemic. Bad news for us, your favorite show may not be coming back with fresh new episodes anytime soon. The major unions for actors and producers in Hollywood have now endorsed calls by health officials for a temporary halt in all Southern California film and TV productions because of the COVID-19 surge. In the joint statement, SAG-AFTRA and the Producers Guild say it's just not safe to continue any in-person productions right now. Now, that statement was also joined by a group that represents advertising agencies and major studios and streaming companies have already halted their productions for the time being. You can find us on Radio.com, the app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. 